This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. Unbelievable. Welcome to Homesdale Radio. Homesdale Radio. Brilliant strike. Short scandal. Puts Crystal Palace in front from absolutely nothing. Driven in. And a wonderful strike by Dean Moxie. Hi everyone, welcome to Homesdale Radio. I'm Chris Hambling, or Hambo, as you may also know me. Um, I'm joined today by Ben Nagel, who you might have heard during the introduction there, telling you he was going to shut a window. It was good of him, wasn't it? And I'm also joined by John Burgess of uh, Palace Radio fame. Uh, before we go any further, just give you some contact details for us if you want to get in touch. Uh, you can talk to us on Twitter. It's twitter.com forward slash whole radio and include at whole radio with your message. We're on Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash whole radio. Uh, just send us some messages there and we will pick them up during the show, hopefully. Uh, you can call us during our, um, our, our chats about the games. It's 0208 123 1646. Or you can email us at radio at homesdale.net. Um, there's a few things to talk about really before we uh, go into the main details obviously today we've got uh, Amy Latter of the Crystals uh, going to talk to her about the charity do that was on at the White Horse yesterday and we're going to go into a bit of detail about how the Crystals have been finding the season so far um, yeah and we've also got our, our ticket giveaway I'm going to mention that now um, if you weren't at the Blackpool game or you didn't find us uh, we were giving out uh, uh, little cards with numbers on to do a draw later on the winner wins uh, two match tickets to a Category B game of their choice. Um, if you do want to join in that and you don't have a number as yet, you can email us at radio at homesdale.net before it's 20 past 8 and Mikey will uh, will send you a number. And we'll do the draw a little bit later on. Um, okay, I'm just going to have a quick chat. With, we've, well, we've got Ben back. Um, he's, already, he's already started brilliantly. He's been away on holiday for a few weeks and understandably a bit rusty. Um, hi, Ben. Hello, Chris. You're right. Yeah, I'm all good. Um, how did your holiday go? 
Yeah, really good. Nice to get away for a few weeks. Obviously, missed Palace, though. So, missed a bit of pre-season in the first couple of games. So, nice to be back. Okay, and you've um, you spent a bit of money on a, an expensive new microphone. However, you now need to spend a bit of money on an expensive new room, by the sounds of things. Um, yeah, I'm talking to you about. Bit room, but... Yeah, you do sound roomy, but um, it does make your voice sound deeper. So you sound, le- you know, a little bit less feminine, which is a good thing. Um, we want to talk to you about uh, a little photo that surfaced on on Twitter from your from your holiday. We don't need to. Well, we don't have to talk about it. I mean, if if listeners want to well, know, well, let's not then. Let's move on. If listeners want to know what, you, that, right? what that what that photo was, it's www.wholeradio.net. Oh, you're not Ben. You're not. So just just yeah. visit that, and uh, you'll see Ben. Oh, you have Suggestively licking an ice cream, which may appeal to some listeners. Um, Have you, Ben? Can I ask you? Have you licked an ice cream in that manner before? Uh, Many times, yeah. It's it's a weekly occurrence. Okay, good stuff. I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave that there, but I'll let, I'll let listeners do have a, have a good look at Ben in all his glory. Wholeradio.net forward slash Ben. And I'm also joined by John Burgess. John, how the devil are you, man? I'm devilling well, good. How are you, Chris? Mm. I'm, I'm good. Uh, I understand you did a car boot sale this weekend. (laughs) <laughs> I did indeed. Yeah, that goes. Um, uh, yeah. Well, any 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 point we get to sound like a pike is uh, absolutely fantastic. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. and did I you, didn't disappoint. Did you pick up any bargains while you were there? No, I was selling. I was selling. Oh, okay, that's good news. Um, okay, get rid of some of your old tat. Good stuff. All right, well, look, um, it's not really too much more to do with that. Uh, I think what we'll probably do is we'll probably give. A, a call to to Amy if Mikey's ready to do that, and uh, Ben's going to be doing the interview. So uh, while the phone is ringing, I will be handing over to Ben. When I there we go, there we go. The phone will be ringing any second now. Just yeah. hand over. Have you handed over? I'm now. I'm handing over. Over to you, Ben. Okay. Thank you. Hello. Hello, Amy. You're live on Homestar Radio. How are you? I'm going well. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you. First and foremost, thank, thank you. you very much for coming on the show. It's great to no finally problem. get a crystal girl on. I know Hamburg's <laughs> wanted one on for ages. He keeps asking me for twice a week to get you on. So. Here I am. Right. I dare you. <laughs> right, yesterday was, was the bungee jump at the Whitehorse pub. Yes. So if anyone was at the game on Saturday, they would have read about it in yep. the yesterday programme. So can you tell us a bit more about what happened on the day? Yes, it was amazing. But I have to say I totally underestimated how scary it would be. I can't describe that feeling going up in that cage. It was actually quite awful. <laughs> that flight, for about a second, I thought, I'm not going to do it. But um, it was amazing. Incredible. can't yeah, even so describe who, it. I can't who, really remember it. Bit of a blur. <laughs> so who did the jump? Any <laughs> players or other significant people there? Um, there was four of us crystals. So it was me, Charlotte, Imogen and Esme. And then David Wright eventually jumped. I don't think he planned to. I think he might have got forced into it <laughs> on the day. <laughs> But um, it was good to see a couple of players there showing their support, which is really nice. I saw Paddy McCarthy was there as well. Yeah, Paddy McCarthy, and also Peter Ramage was there as well. So those three oh, okay. down there, which is really cool. You eventually worked out who okay, it was, what? then, Amy. Pardon? You eventually worked out <laughs> yeah, who Peter Ramage was. Yes, we did. <laughs> Got there in the end. <laughs> so what were you raising money for, then? Pardon, sorry? What were you raising money for? We were raising money for Health for Heroes and Marie Curie. So really good, great causes. And we raised quite a bit of money in the end. So really proud. Yeah, I read earlier that you've currently raised 135% of your target, which is amazing. So can people still donate yeah. now or are you all done? 
Yeah, I believe the link's still open, so if anyone wants to donate, they can do. I believe it's on the, uh, the Crystal's Facebook page, and then some of the other major pages, dot. so... Just giving up forward slash Charlotte dash Duffy, if anyone wants to know. That's the one. That's hmm. the one. Okay. So, how are the Crystals finding the season so far, then? Yeah, we're loving it. Obviously, Palace are doing really well, which keeps us buzzing. So, yeah, it's really exciting this season, so... Fingers crossed it keeps going so well. Brilliant, yeah. We were going to ask you a few questions about um, what your favourite thing is about being a Christian and stuff like that, but I think you've you've heard those probably every week, so we're not going to ask those ones. We're going to go to a bit of Palace <laughs> in general, that's all right. So, obviously, Palace yeah, no had a brilliant start to the season, uh, going in the yeah. top six, going into the first international break. And you made it quite clear that you're a Palace fan yourself and that you had a season ticket before you came, became a Crystal. Uh, so, where do you think yeah, we'll be at the end right. of the season? End of the season? Yeah, I think I think I, I should say promotion in my really fighting for the playoffs. Um, I reckon mid league, mid league. I think that's realistic. I think that's probable. Okay, yeah, that's fair enough. Who's your <laughs> favourite Palace player and why? Julian Stroni. Obvious reasons. I think he saved us a lot, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of Palace fans agree with you. Yeah, yeah. Hope he stays stays with us for a while. No, I've got one more. One more question. What's your favourite Palace memory from over the years? Have you got one that stands out? I would say, although we lost, going to Bristol away in the playoffs a few seasons ago, because we went up, me and my friend went up on the um, on the coach, and it was just the most amazing day ever, even though we lost. That's brilliant. Mm. Okay, thank you very much. That's all my questions asked. I don't know if anyone else has got any. Yeah, well, Amy, how, how did you find the Eden Bridge show? Oh, it was amazing. It was such fun with all the animals. Did you b- bump into anyone uh, famous? <laughs> um, certain Peter Crouch was there with his lovely wife, Abby Trancy, oh. which is a bit of a random person to bump into, but <laughs> not bad. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, that, I mean, obviously, you probably recognise the voice of John Burgess there. Uh, he didn't introduce himself, but I suspect you may know him, Amy. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, I know that voice. It's, it's a horrible well. voice. It sends shivers down the spine every time I hear it. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, obviously, thanks thanks so much for your, your time today. And uh, I think Ben did a wonderful job interviewing you. I'd just like to say that now. Um, oh, no, thank you for having me. Um, obviously, uh, hopefully, you're, well, I'm sure you, the, the girls have been getting involved in various little events sort of throughout the, uh, the course of the season. Um, yeah, there's lots not coming up. Um, and, so, um, you know, we'll obviously... Let you know I mean, what's what's the the future for the crystals? Is it sort of a year by year thing? Um, do you sort of like? Yeah. Find that I mean, we're taking it season by season, month by month at the moment. But there's there's stuff in the pipeline, which can't be spoken about too much. But you'll all know as soon as possible. So it should be exciting. Fantastic. Well, we'll keep them keep them peeled. And uh, obviously, your Facebook page it's facebook.com forward slash these hyphen crystals. I think it is. Uh, I help. Yeah, just hope. the crystals. That's it. All right. Uh, well corrected. Um, <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll try and we'll try and stick a link on the on the websites as well. So everyone, keep an eye on that. And uh, Amy, thank you very much. We'll let you go now. Cheers. Yeah. Thank you very much. Bye now. Bye. 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 <laughs> ben, you didn't say bye. Oh, Amy. <laughs> 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 oh, that was a lovely little chat of Amy there, and uh, obviously, you know, 
great to see them raising so much money and great to hear obviously david wright having a having a go on the bungee as well um you know it's good good to see the fans and the players and obviously the crystals getting involved all together in such a good cause okay chaps well we're going to go straight into talking about the crawley game now all three of us were there i believe um we're going to start with a uh with a lovely edited montage that mikey's prepared you know full of care and then we'll go straight into talking about the game Eagle has landed, Crystal Palace at home at Selhurst Park in a match delayed from the first round after events in South London put paid to this original tie a couple of weeks ago. Crawley Town playing their first game in the first round of the competition having beaten AFC Wimbledon. Into the back post again, half away by Palace and managed to survive once again but it's all Crawley at the moment. Good save again by Price. Scott Shearer. Chance here for Ambrose. Goalkeeper makes amends by making a good save, but it was his clearance that allowed possession to be handed back to Palace. And a good save denied Darren Ambrose. For Zaha. That's finally Crystal Palace take the lead. Nine minutes into the second half, Wilfred Zaha gets the goal. That will settle a few nerves inside Selhurst Park. A goal scorer yet, you know, he's not got the natural instincts of a goal scorer, it's just something we're working on. You know, he's a fantastic uh, provider of goals, Wilfred. But it's something he's been working on a lot with uh, a lot of finishing, you know, and I felt that even his third goal, that he'll be unhappy. I was delighted because it shows he's in that area to score goals, you know, and unfortunately he missed it, but they'll come. So I'm happy for Wilfred, but I'm also happy, you know, for the. For the uh, Johnny Williams, Stuart O'Keefe, Matty Parsons, all these teenage players that come in and you know, play against a very, very good team in college, top of the league, will, in my eyes, will get promotion this year. You know, my youngster stood up to be counted and come in top, which is fantastic. Johnny Dan Zaha! It's 2-0 Palace! And Wilfred Zaha gets two in five minutes. And Palace now taking control. Strong challenge by Calvin Andrew and a good strong run as well chance for a third goal here flag was up for offside against Glenn Murray wouldn't have counted just went a fraction too early the former Brighton striker there goes the whistle Crystal Palace have won here by two goals to nil well listen I, I don't I can't quite get in this you know competition league a game's a game you know and the fans turn up and they'd expect no matter what game it is is to, is to win the game especially at Sellers Park and the runner form are on as well you know so I understand it's a cup game but it's a game that I really want to be won like any other you know and, and people might say yeah you play the weekly team but actually never because if I feel that youngsters can play I will play them and it doesn't matter if it's a cup game or league game it's a game of football in front of the, the fantastic support we've got and I believe that I put out a team that's capable of winning the game and it's, it's, it's good right Hi, welcome back. Just to remind you of the contact details before we go any further, you can uh, tweet us. It's twitter.com forward slash whole radio, including at whole radio with your message. Facebook.com forward slash whole radio. Numbers 0208-123-1646 and it's radio at homesdale.net on email. Um, ben wants to read an email first before we go any further. Ben. Yes, right. It's from Brad Kampanyak. 
And he says, hello, a good start to the season. Should we be mounting a playoff challenge? If so, I still feel we could have more steel in midfield. I still would not be surprised to see a couple more come in on loan and still think that we could have Derry back. Mm. Uh, I think we're gonna. I think we're going in the right direction, and I'm pleased at the long at the start. Long may it continue. Well done to all at Holt. He does enjoy the show. Thank you very much. He'd also ask, "Is Amy single?" I think the answer to that's no. I, I missed that bit from the end. You did, yeah. It's was, it was all right. No worries. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think. Um, I think the the, the the question's a good one. I'm not sure we'd be mounting a playoff challenge. I think it's too early to to be getting into to high expectations on that. But certainly, certainly worth having that as an ambition. If, you know, if you if you don't aim high, you n- you never get there. You know. Um, so you know, if you aim for the top of the league and you fall short, then. You could still go up, but you know, if you're always thinking about avoiding relegation, and you, you know, it's it's the wrong mindset to have. Uh, certainly, QPR are, are signing a few players now that would would be taking Derry's role in that side. I would think. I can't see uh, Sean Sean getting selected ahead of Joey Barton, for example. Um, as much as I think he's a fantastic lad, so yeah, maybe he will come back. Um, yeah, go, going in the right direction. I, w- I would certainly agree with that, Brad. Um, any 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 thoughts on that yourself, John? Well, to be honest, uh, really to echo what you say, I mean, at this stage of the season, it's about putting in performances and um, and taking it one game at a time. I mean, you're not going to know until you know, sort of November, especially with our November run that we've got until mm. then, or maybe December, how the league's shaping up and you know where realistically you can finish at the end of the season. So, mm. I mean, we can just take each game as it comes, and that seems to be working quite well for us at the moment. Yeah, I agree with that. Just to, to mention, uh, Benny Button on Twitter has just said, "Can we stop talking about Derry? Leave him alone." It's a fair point, I think, with the midfielders we got. Um, certainly, we'll, we'll talk about those uh, as we as we go through the games now, really. But there's certainly uh, enough competition there in, in the centre of midfield, although we have had a horrible time with injuries and, and fitness and stuff like that. So uh, let's let's just go into talking about Crawley, really. Um, We've got got a few comments on on that area to sort of go into really, and a little bit from listeners. But we'll, we'll sort of start by talking about the team selection really. Um, obviously it was quite a, quite a few changes. It wasn't so much a reserve side, I'd say, but um, there's a few who featured who hadn't featured for for a while. I mean, obviously Lewis Price in goal is, is probably a place to start. Uh, ben, you, I mean, I'm sorry, it was the first match you you had seen uh, before before being on holiday, of course. But um, yep. uh, Lewis Price made a few good saves. What did you think of him? I thought he was excellent, to be honest. I think, uh, obviously, trying to fill Speroni's boots is a very difficult job. I think he did really well. He came in and he was solid. Uh, he didn't let in a goal, obviously. There was a few that were pretty close, but I think, overall, he did a great job, yeah. Mm. OK, mate, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I think uh, you, I, I was quite, uh, early on, I was quite nervous because he wasn't holding an awful lot myself, and I thought, you know, that's a bit of a worry. Speroni might have held that. But I think you've got to remember that the conditions were pretty poor uh, in that game as well. A lot of players yeah. slipping and falling over, so benefit of the doubt. I mean, he certainly got there and certainly proved himself a very fine shot stopper. Um, also, that back five mm-hmm. isn't one that's played together before. You know, the, there was lack of communication there, and I think his uh, he looked it, like nervous up at Burnley. And he made his defence nervous, albeit he pulled off some brilliant saves. But he he doesn't inspire that confidence in your back mm. in your back line, and and that showed. But you know, against a team like Rawley, we didn't we weren't made. Uh, pay for those mistakes yeah that's a, that's a very good point actually um i mean matt parsons started the game at left back and moxie at right back uh, we'll go into to moxie playing right back more in the blackboard view i think it's probably more more relevant to that game um certainly matt parsons had, had a half decent game um you know he, he's he's one john who 
you know, he came into the side sort of pretty much out of nowhere last season and, and, and impressed. Uh, do, you, do you think he's continued his development? Uh, I'm not sure to be honest. He, he came in and he did an absolutely outstanding job at left back. And for a player at his stage in development, it was always going to be a really tough call and a really tough task for him to maintain that over a longer period. So I'm mm. not surprised that maybe he hasn't put in the same performances that he did at that point because at that time he was just thrust into the team and, you know, without much warning at all, to be honest. Mm. But now he's got to really sort of. You know, it's the same as a same as a cup game. You know, you can do it one off, or maybe for a couple of games in a row, and you can get a couple of giant killings if you're a small club. But if you put yeah. a team like Crawley into our league, you know, grinding out those performances week on week is going to be a really tough ask for them. And it's the same with the same with the youngsters, which is why we've seen them blooded pretty slowly. Uh, even players like Zahard, like coming on as substitutes and things like that. Mm. Well, I think I think yeah, clearly, and, and Dougie spoke about the fact that that's the way he wants to do things, and that's the way people people normally do these things. So I think yeah, it's a it's a it's a fair observation. Um, I mean, we we had uh, I mean that was the first year to seen of uh, of Davies Ben. Um, he's not featured yeah. other in other you know in, in any other games of late or the league games of late, and there was talk whether he was injured or not. He was. Um, oh well, he was. Was he? Thanks, John. <laughs> um, what what did you make of him at centre back? Yeah, he's alright. He's not. I don't think he's one of our best defenders, to be honest. But like, like, like you said, the first time I've seen him, I haven't seen a lot of him. Um, so yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm not sure what to think about him really. I don't think he'll his loan will get extended, to be honest. Um, yeah. Mm, okay. so I think I think his loan will get extended. I think he's the kind of player ah. you can end up with um, as a backup to Gardner and McCarthy. I can't see him starting, but mm. I can't see us hanging on to the likes of Tunchev. I think Leicester sent him to us for a bit of uh, a bit of a run out and to get some fitness and to really look and see how his injury's doing yeah. without I needing to take someone decent out of their team. Yeah, I think I'm somewhere in between. I, I can see us trying. I mean, Davies is one that we I, well, it's pretty definitely going to be inv- available on a permanent at the end of the year. Uh, he's not going to get in the team with Stoke. Um, and I mean, Tunchev, obviously, he's he's impressed a lot of people. He's making a mistake against Blackpool, but he did atone for it. Um, but I mean, I heard today that, uh, that that we've gone back in for him uh, to extend the loan, and I haven't heard anything about Davies. But but certainly, I mean, Davies. <laughs> He, he did. He did okay um, against Crawley, I would say, but but no more than that. And I, I think it's a, it's an interesting situation to watch. Uh, there's a few more players to talk about in there, but I won't, won't go on too much because we can talk about them in, in how the game went. I just want to pick out um, O'Keefe and Williams uh, in, in central midfield. Um, two relatively small players, um, relatively inexperienced teenagers, uh, and in that first half. Were were very much under the under the caution and, and physically bullied out of the game. That's that's how I saw it. Uh, w- would you agree with that, John? Yeah, Crawley were a very very <coughs> physical team, and it was going to be tough for them. I mean, I think O'Keefe dealt with the physical nature slightly better because that, he's a more combative midfielder, and that's his game. But in the mm. first half, I think Williams was really knocked around. It, to be honest, for the whole match, he was knocked around. Yeah, but having said that, he, all he did every time was dust himself off, get back up, and say, you're going to get a yellow card for that eventually. And, mm. you know, made them pay. And when he did get past them, he was very, very effective. I was Absolutely. really impressed with how they came into a really sort of gutsy team like Crawley who were really up for that game when it yeah. seemed, especially in the first half, that we weren't so up for that game. We didn't have the the fire in the bellies that, that Crawley did because they wanted mm. it a lot more than us. That's true. Well, so Ben, I mean, that, that first half, I mean, 
I, I would I would class it as poor. Would Would you agree? Yeah, completely. I think we were outplayed by by a team that are two leagues below us, and that we just that shouldn't happen. But then second half, Williams specifically, I think won the game for us. You know, he's fantastic taking the ball around players. Like like John said, just when he gets knocked down, he gets straight back up and he got on with it. And I think that's the sign of a of a great player. And Johnny Esther's definitely got a big future ahead of him. Interestingly, yeah, while we're while we're on Williams, it was yeah. um, one of my highlights of the game was when he got substituted, and even the Crawley fans stood up and applauded Johnny Williams coming off because mm. they knew he yeah, put in such a fantastic performance. And I thought, given that for them it was a big game and it was a local game, and you know, there's been lots of chat about are we their rivals? Blah blah blah. Mm. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, for them to show that respect to a young lad who's come on and essentially won us the game, you know, mm. that's I, I thought that was really good. You know, really good of them to show that respect. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that definitely, John. Oh um, uh, yeah, I mean, like you say, that the, the their manager Steve Evans, as he often does, very Warnock like in the way he uses the press, uh, tried to wind it up a bit, and you know, sort of talked about being a, a mate of Dougie's. I'm not sure that that's the case. <laughs> Reading some. Well, of he Dougie's said he comments. said a fellow Scotsman or Dougie, yeah, yeah, didn't he? yeah. But, you know, well, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how friendly they actually are, but um, certainly, uh, you know, it was. We we're all saying it's Crawley's Cup final, and I think it, I think it was reflected in that first half. Um, I I do want to make a quick mention of Calvin Andrew in that first half as as the one who stood up to the physical side of things. And you know we were hitting aimless long balls, and they weren't often in his direction. And he was having to run across the entire final third just to try and get involved on it. So I mean he he did a very good job in that first half, but he was pretty much the only one I thought came out with too much any massive credit. But like we say, second half. Massive difference, and perhaps the turning point of the game came when uh, Tyrone Barnett, I think it is, uh, he sort of hit hit a shot across uh, Price, and it, it sort of smashed into the upright and, and was eventually not wide by a Crawley player when the goal was gaping. Uh, and that sort of woke us up. I mean, obviously, Dougie had uh, made some sort of uh, changes. One of those big changes was bringing um, Paddy McCarthy on for, for Ramage. And Ben, I mean, that sorted the, the defence out immensely, didn't it? Yeah, it did completely. Paddy McCarthy is one of those players you can bring on and know that, that he's going to completely sort out the defence. And that, when the ball did hit the crossbar, I think from there, uh, yeah, we took ourselves out and, and got on with the game and then eventually went on to win it 2-0. So, mm, yeah. Absolutely. We, we did lack a leader out there, didn't we? And I think he, he instilled that. Yeah, in completely. Him. And he showed a couple of brilliant moments of captaincy, obviously coming on and just instantly sorting out that back four. But also, as we mentioned before, a really physical team in Crawley. They were going at Williams and Zahar, and Zahar nearly reacted to one foul in the centre circle. And first thing McCarthy did was run up, put his arms around him, and carry him away from the situation. Yeah. And the no, ref, was, I, th- I think the ref was going to book Zahar, but he saw McCarthy having a couple of words with him and said, "Look, you've dealt with that." And I thought that was uh, a perfect piece of uh, of captaincy by Paddy. Yeah, that was, that was absolutely fantastic to see. I think uh, a couple of the, the sort of unsung players in that, that second half display were O'Keefe and Dorman. Uh, I saw them very much foregoing any real involvement in an attacking sense, just to sit there and do the you know, the breaking up of play, because Crawley had such a hold on the game in the first half. I think I think we rec- recognised that we had to just get in their faces a bit. And, and those two, I mean, wouldn't have got much credit out of the game, but I thought the two of them did actually a, a very fine job in there. Um, I, I don't know how you feel about that, John, because obviously the other the other midfielder we we haven't really mentioned was Darren Ambrose, uh, starting as as captain against Crawley, and I think Ambrose is going to be a bit of a theme today when we get to the Blackpool game as well. Um, yeah, we'll talk, we'll talk about him later. Um, but as it, I, I don't know, I kind of 
I don't really think Dorman and O'Keefe had a good game, to be honest. I really wasn't that impressed. I thought it lacked so much in the centre of midfield. And, I mean, I really want Dorman to succeed. But his, like, age, I think he should be further ahead than where he is. O'Keefe can put it down to youth and inexperience. Mm-hmm. But for Dorman, I don't, you don't have the same excuses. He needs to really up his game quite a lot to get anywhere near that first team. Well, John disagrees with me. Ben, what's, what's your opinion on those two? Yeah, I think the job that they do in the middle of that midfield is, is very kind of under the radar and they don't stand out. They're not playing big crossfield balls and they're not doing anything that would stand out to the crowd as much. But yeah, they are doing a job and what they did, I think, was solid. So yeah, I don't think they did play badly. Mm. Well, and, and that second half, I mean, first half, they were they were, they were were sort of, they weren't really in the game, to be completely fair to John as well. So yeah, OK, that's, that's good stuff. And, and obviously... Second half, we can, we, you know, Zahar did pretty much excel in that uh, central striker role, but we'll we'll talk about him at the end of this uh, particular bit. Just want to go into some uh, post-match comments from Dougie. Uh, I'm not going to read this these in the accent this time. I might try that later. Uh, he said it was a very difficult match against a local rival who were really looking for the victory in the way they played. They were a real credit to their club. My lad stood up to be counted. There were a lot of teenagers in the team, and Wilfred Zahar stuck it two in for the teenagers, so it was a good result. And he says this is sort of a point we can talk about. It's uh, Wilfred's not really a goal scorer yet. He's not got the natural instincts of a goal scorer. He's a fantastic provider of goals, but it's, uh, it's something he's been working on a lot with finishing. And uh, and I felt it's even his chance to get a third goal he'll be unhappy with. But he was delighted because he shows he's in that area to score goals. Doing very well reading that. Uh, he also, also talk, talks about being happy for Johnny Williams, Stuart O'Keefe and May Parsons as teenagers who came in and played against a very good team in Crawley who are top of the league, where well, they were at that point, and will get promotion that, this year in his opinion. And they threw a lot at us and we were comfortable in the second half. Started picking them off with good passing which resulted in a couple of good goals. Well, first of all, guys, is that a, a fairest reflection of how the game went? Because, I mean, Dougie was getting some criticism for some of his comments uh, you know, last season. Uh, do you think that's fair, Ben? I'll start with you. Yeah, I think the teenagers, Johnny Williams and Wilfred Zaha won us the game, so I think that, in that respect, that's a, a good comment that he made. Um, Wilfred not being a goal scorer, yeah, I'm not sure he, he doesn't score a lot of goals, we've seen that, but I don't know, does he set them up? That's yeah, that's that's the other question. He certainly, some of his actions have led to goals, but as a, as a direct assist, I'm not sure he, how many he's, he's done. But again, he's you know obviously he's a young lad. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, we'll 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 go on to talk about it in a, you know in a, in a sec. Him as a as a central striker and referring to goals. I mean, you do have to be in that position, and that's sort of the point that Dougie's making that he's teaching Wilfred about getting in those positions to score. Uh, he's not been doing that from out wide. Um, but there's certainly been some definite attention on his finishing. Um, OK, well, John, I'm, we, we'll go straight on to talking about Wilf Zahar as a central striker. Can I get your uh, your opinion on that? Yeah, I, I find it a strange comment to say that Wilfred's not a goal scorer, to be honest, because he bagged an absolute hatful of goals at reserve level and was marked down as a natural finisher. So, I mm. mean... Obviously, Dougie has far more of an insight into Wilfred's game than I do. But on his record, I would say that he is a he is a very much a natural finisher. And half of being a natural finisher is being in the right place at the right time. Mm. And you know, if you if you get into the right positions, all you got to do is tap it in after time. So well, that's it. Know, yeah, I, mean, I, I find it. A str- I really just find that a strange comment because he's been played out wide so much. This is it's exactly the point I was thinking. He's played played 
to my memory, he's played one game, again, the first game of last season. And he scored. Central strike, and he scored. And now he's played another game where in the second half he was pushed central and he scored two uh, and could have could have easily had a third. I don't I don't know what to think, really. I mean, it, to me, he shows... The only thing I would say, and I hope... Well, I think this is perhaps what Dougie's getting at, is when he got himself in, in positions last season... He tended to shoot near post and high, if you know what I mean. And usually he would he would just snatch at a shot, and it you know it wouldn't it wouldn't be an on, an on target shot. Uh, certainly against Coventry and certainly against Crawley, he, he you'd seen him getting his head over the ball and striking it low and, and striking it across the keeper. And I think that I mean that's something that's clearly clearly been coached. I noticed it first when he scored against Basingstoke pre-season because uh, he went steaming down the right wing as he'd been doing all last season. Uh, got into the sort of got the ball back, laid across to him in the corner of the penalty area, and I thought, well, here we go. He's just gonna he's gonna shank it wide right, uh, and he just drilled it bottom left corner. And it's that's to me that's good coaching. That's just you know encouraging him to do the right things. But he's got a great teacher in him in Dougie. I mean, one of the best strikers in my opinion that the club's ever seen. So you know, technically one of the most gifted players, and one of the most natural finishers we've had. So he's he can only learn from Dougie. He's you know, he's not gonna regress his game at all. Okay. Alright, look we're gonna we're gonna leave it with uh we're just gonna read out a quick uh, comment from Jerry from Facebook. It just says hi Chris and Co. Uh regards to Crawley played four two three one or four five one in the first half. Didn't work well. Uh Calvin found it hard to hold the ball up as much as he tried. Can't fault the application and determination and he's delighted with Williams and Price. Out fought in midfield for much of the encounter. I think it's a fair summary, Jerry, and, and pretty much hopefully uh, uh, what we've discussed previously will uh will actually correlate to exactly what you've just said. So I think I think we're right there. Uh, we're going to have a quick break for uh, for news in brief. If you want to email us, um, do send uh, uh, regarding the Blackpool game. Just do send it uh, send it in. Uh, I think we've issued out a few num- more, more numbers for the prize draw, and that will be coming up fairly soon. So away with news in brief. All the latest news from around Selhurst Park. This is news in brief. Palace are delighted to announce that they'll be naming the Deep Fat Fryer in the Lower Homesdale food area in the she- the Shefki Coochie Deep Fat Fryer. In homage to the jet-heeled Slimline Finn, who is a hero in these parts, the news comes ahead of the new Matt Lawrence baked potato outlet and the Amir Carriage toilet roll holder. News in Brave. 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 News comes ahead of the new Matt Lawrence baked <laughs> potato cunting fuck. Oh. Potato cunting fuck. Yep. <laughs> um, we just play that on air. Did that I think Mikey did just play that on air. My um, my blooper from earlier. As you may have noticed, there wasn't really any news in brief, so I made something up, um, and I was very nearly unable to read it. To be honest, it was the Amir Carriage toilet roll holder that ruined me. But I couldn't say the words Matt Lawrence and baked potato after each other either. Anyway, <clears throat> uh, <laughs> I mean, we're due to do the, uh, the the ticket giveaway. Is that next? I don't know what's happening. I think it is next. It is. Um, it is. Yeah. Bloody hell! Bloody hell! Ooh, right, guys. Well, hopefully you're uh, you're sitting there and you've you've got yourselves a number. Um, when? Well, I'm going to read what this says. I'm not sure it's actually correct. It says, "Have you found any whole radio team?" I think it means team member on sat. Any of the whole radio team on Saturday? Ooh, and we're given a card, or you've emailed us. You are eligible to win two tickets to a category B game of your choice. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. In any part of the ground. If they're not claimed either by calling us or emailing us before the end of the show, we'll roll it over to next week. And uh, as I have done in the past, I'll be using the site random.org, uh, which is just a random number generator between certain values. I click a button, and that is the, uh, the well, that is the draw number. So click. The result is number five. So if you have card, that was one that was given out at the um, at the White Horse quite early on. Um, if you have number five, get in contact before the end of the show. And those two tickets are yours, and we'll sort it out uh, how you prove you've got number five and all that sort of business. Don't cheat, because we'll know, especially with number five, because I'm pretty sure I know who it went to. So, um, okay, well, best of luck with that. And if it does, no one claims it, it will roll over till next week. Okay, good stuff. Right, uh, we've got the Blackpool review to do now for you. Um, there's a diary in that. I think we'll probably start with that. What we did is, um, again, we're not doing any pre-game stuff from the diaries, but what we are doing is... Uh, wait until things die down at the pub it's, it's such a pain having to stay at the pub till the very end but, but i'm willing to do it for the for the team um and we get just get a few of us around the table at the end when everything's calmed down and we have a have a serious chat uh, with the game still fresh in the memory so there's a there's a few of us involved in that um and you know those of you that are there might, might hear your voices so away with them with that we'll talk about the first half really the the first half was pretty shocking mark wouldn't you say it was disappointing. I was uh, hoping for um, us to kick on from uh, uh, the last couple of games, and uh, we d- and basically we were just like I don't know whether it was the case that we just didn't um, whether we were like pegged back and but we just were so uh, like negative and didn't really seem to sort of. Uh, uh, push forward enough, and uh, I think we got. I think you know, you know, we invited pressure on on ourselves. Yeah, I mean they're an attacking team, Blackpool. Uh, um, that's how they played in the in the Premiership last year, and that doesn't changed. And uh, I thought, well, I thought they they pushed us down the flanks quite a lot. But um, Aston, would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I mean, the, the, the way I saw the first half was that, that I thought Blackpool were far far the better side. I think yeah. they, I think they played really good football. I think they pushed all around the park. They, they, they were always first to the second ball. I thought Palace were too negative, as, and, and it really surprised me, because considering the fact that we've come off from four wins on the bounce, I, I expected us to play with a little bit more exuberance, considering we should be confident after winning four games on the bounce. But we looked like we looked like a team that where we were last year, and it, and it, it kind of got us down a little bit, you know. But you know, we we, we pushed on, and we, we kept there, we kept at it, and you know. I mean, so you know, obviously we we went one 0 down, and um, things looked bad. And I mean, I felt it was a case of uh, 
you know, how many goals we're we going to concede by Dave, you're lurking there, aren't you? Well, Dave, are you Dave? Dave is lurking. Dave oh, is fuck, lurking. that's good that I got, I knew, it was Dave, it is Dave. He is lurking. Um, he's lurking. Dave, did you, uh, careful, we're recording. Uh, Dave, I mean, did, did you think we could, uh, we, well, could we, uh, could we easily have been several more goals down at half-time? I thought at the end of the day, I thought Spironi made three or four good saves. I thought we should have probably been 3-0 down in the first 20 minutes. Mm. Probably lucky to go in half-time, 1-0 down. I thought we should have probably hung on, though, considering. Yeah. Um, I feared the worst at half-time, but I thought the changes were positive, and I thought that's what got us a result in the end. Yeah, I think it's a fair comment. So, I mean, that's yeah, that takes us nicely into the second half. Um, didn't make any changes at half-time, but from, from what we understand, Dougie did give him a bit of a... A verbal bashing, and um, I mean, yeah. So, Mark, what what was the most significant thing to, to you that changed that second half? Well, funnily enough, I spoke to David Wright after the game, and I asked him uh, what Doogie said at half time, and basically, <laughs> the short now of it was that it wasn't good enough, and uh, he wanted more, and uh, he was a lot more uh, happy with the second half performance, but he he was. Uh, he wasn't. He wasn't happy about the first half performance, and I think uh, none of the fans were happy with the first half performance. It just. It, w it was just. Uh, I think uh, it looked like a team that hadn't played together ever. You know, they just. They just. It was very disjointed, and I think that. Uh, you know, even uh, when we went in at half time, I thought that. Uh, a point, although we got a point in the end, I thought at half time a point would be uh, would be good would be good. But at the end of the day, um, you know, uh, we almost won it, and I think that you know, uh, Doogie made some great great decisions on you know in terms of substitutions. Yeah. He brought on the right people at the right time, and we almost nicked it. And uh, it wouldn't have been uh, I wouldn't have said that we didn't deserve to nick it at the end of the day, but Blackpool definitely dominate the first half and we dominate the second yeah. half I'll, I'll say Owen Garvin I think this season he's going to this season he's going to fucking come about he, last season to be honest I thought he was pony to fucking yeah. say the least he gave the ball away but this season I think he's, he's going to be the playmaker hold back in midfield and he's going to he's going to find them passes play a ball and with Glenn Murray up front He's, Glenn Murray, I think, is going to bang in about 20 goals, to be honest. I think, uh, before, before we see this, yeah. I, know, I'm sorry, I'm not, I don't mean to hug it, but can I, just, can I say, just say, good luck to those gorgeous, gorgeous crystals tomorrow. <laughs> doing it's that not going to get you anywhere. Doing that bungee jump. And I'm not, talking, I'm not talking about the bungee jump just bouncing, because I'm telling you, I think we're all in awe. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I am attending the event just to see them bounce. I, 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 by them, I mean, no, I won't say what that. What do you mean, them? <laughs> I, I, I don't know, I don't know what you're talking about. Them. Um, <coughs> <coughs> no comment. Um, yeah, I mean, I want to. I want to. I do want to agree about um, about Murray, and I think I think a good place to end this is to. Uh, he I mean, the, he did, he, and he, that, you know. That so yeah, we are talking about Garvin. Yeah, Garvin's the playmaker. I think I've already said that this mate. season. Yep. Stuart, Stuart is talking about uh, is about, talking about Garvin, and I mean, he loves he loves Garvin a lot. But, um, but I'd certainly have to agree with him. Um, I look, he's married. I can't say I loved him last season. <laughs> guys, guys. Like, keeping possession. Yeah. Last season was about long ball. The guy keeps possession, and that's what we need to do. I think, uh, also, I'm very disappointed with Dougie, who I love today, mm. because of the whole 
Ambrose looked like he was throwing up after 20 minutes on the side. Yeah, he did. Yeah. I'm not joking. He looked completely. Yeah. His fitness wasn't there. Was I agree with Zaha as an impact player. I also believe in playing to your strengths. Yeah. Dougie's got to learn. We've all got to be patient. He's got a lot to learn. But Moxie at right back, really, yeah. what was going on with Ramage? Yeah. That's no, a fit? fair point. I mean, he came off, Ramage came off against Crawley because uh, Dougie said he was tired. Uh, whether he's still tired now is another question, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm staying. I think square, square pegs, round holes, you don't, yeah, you don't want that. I think the only thing we about your position and fitness. I think the only thing we can say about the Ramage situation is the fact that Ramage is only on a month's loan and he's going to be, be, and he's going to be going back soon and, and, and Klein is, is going to be out for a few more weeks. That's just to me. I, I think I think he's just trying. You can you can read it either way with Ramage. If, if we if it was his last game, we, we would have played him surely. But but you never know really. We can um, we can all yeah 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 exactly. Second half was what we were all about. All right, guys, we'll leave it there. We're going to end with a song. Aston, you lead us. You say that you love me. Say that you love me. All of the time. All of the time. You say that you need me. Say that you need me. And always be mine. Always be mine. And I'm feeling glad all over. Yes, I'm glad all over, baby. I'm glad all over. So glad you're mine. That'll do, boys. Nice one. Oh, I'd forgotten all about that song at the end there. Um, there were some good points in there, in amongst uh, some of the rambling. We've got uh, we've got plenty to talk about, guys, so we'll go straight into talking about the, the, the team selection. And we talked a little bit in there about Ramage not being selected and Moxie being played at right back. It was also the case for the Crawley game. Uh, how, do you, how do you feel? I certainly felt uh, that Moxie was weak, weak in the first half at right back and got better before he was eventually moved. Uh, ben, how did you see it? Well, he's a left back, and he so you know you're always going to struggle if you just completely switch a player out of, of out of the position that he plays in. But you know, Moxie is a brilliant player, and I don't think he'll ever be bad at right back. You know what I mean? Like he's not ever going to make a massive mistake that's going to let the team down. But yeah, like he said, he he picked his game up in the second half and, and looked like a good player. Was mm. he out the goal as well? Yeah, there was that um, that moment just at the end of the the first half where he attempted an absolutely outrageous overhead <laughs> kick. <laughs> Which I mean, if that had gone in, that'd have been absolutely out of this world. But um, I mean, John, do, can you see the sense in in, in playing Dean Moxie at right back? Um, well, the thing is with Dean Moxie uh, is that he really, he's, 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 right. he's, he's 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 a left back by trade. But I mean, there's no way he can take out Ryan McGiven at the moment. To be honest, he's he's True. been fantastic down the left, and he's putting some amazing crosses which we've seen the likes of Jonathan Parr get on the end of. And, you know, we got no one at right back, so we've got space for Parr and McGiven and Moxie. OK, one of them is going to have to play out of position. I think mm-hmm. Parr is the least wing-back of the three, so that's why he's playing in midfield. So do you play Ramage at right back and then have Moxie or McGiven on the bench, or do you play Moxie at right back and put Ramage on the bench? I think really the right choice was made although it's not been ideal for him having come back with no real fit real match fitness from the summer because of his suspension yeah, yeah I, th- I mean i just worry that we're, we're just trying to fit because he's such a such a you know significant influence uh last season i just worry that we're just trying to fit him in there um i i, I, I don't I think, know i, I think I, it's know. a mixture of that and covering for klein not being there if klein was there then klein would be in that position so yeah 
you know, that's given us, you know, a conundrum of which this is the only answer mm. we really have at the moment. Well, I mean, there's, there's, there's plenty of people we could really talk about from, from that game. I've, I've got a list of them in front of me. We're not going to get through all of them. Um, I think it's probably worth talking about Darren Ambrose now. Um, mm. Because we can talk about sort of Murray as a, as a closing point, really. Uh, just just to, just to make a sort of point, really, about Ambrose. He's, there's been comments on the boards, and people always seem to want a scapegoat, and it appears that Darren's now becoming it for some reason. Um, he's struggling. You know, he's had a, a season where of injury f- following a season where he was absolutely out of this world. Um, and he seems to be bearing the brunt for, for essentially playing in a very similar way as he always did, just without the goals. Um, well, well, Ben, look, it's your your first chance to see him um, for, for some time. It was the Crawley game, and then you saw him against Blackpool. Yeah. Uh, comparing to last season, you know, does it does he seem like he's fitter now? There's such a high expectation on Darren Ambrose because of that one season that he had when he scored about 20 goals. So there's always an expectation from the fans for him to come in and, and score an amazing free kick or, or to set up a brilliant goal or something like that. And it's not happening at the moment. And I think that is because he's been out injured for so long. Uh, I don't think after his injury he's got back to full fitness and back to the way that, that we saw him a couple of seasons ago. But yes, yeah, the expectation upon him that, that makes him look worse than he actually is, I think. Yeah, um, John. Do you think people are being realistic when they when they talk about Ambrose? Though? Or do you you know do you think there's a case to answer there in terms of well, certainly if we take the Blackpool game, if we're completely honest, we looked we looked a slightly better team without him in it. Um, that doesn't mean he's a bad suddenly a bad player or anything like that. But I mean that's that's just my take on it. Do you think yeah. it's uh, people are being fair? I th- I feel really sorry for Darren to be honest because. He needs time to get over that. He got, he wasn't given time to give over that injury. Get over that injury last season, and clearly he's still not been fit coming into this season. And mm. he needs. I just wish they would give him time to get fully fit, and then start putting him in as a reserve for a couple of games, and then he can he might come back flying. And I think that's the only way he's really going to come back flying. We all mm. expect so much from him, as Ben said. And he's not. No one's going to be more infuriated with his performance than he is. I don't see any less effort from him. I just no. don't see the end product. And I think that is down to fitness. It can only be that, in my opinion, because he's a great player. He is a really good player, and we've seen the best of Darren Ambrose. And I still mm. think that he's got that in him. I don't think that that's that's a problem. I think he's suffering from selection issues at the moment. And yeah. I would rather see someone who's fully fit, who's fully confident, because it, all it's doing is. Not Knocking his confidence, and we've yeah. seen like that the, the way he played well was playing confidently under Neil Warnock. That's correct. And yeah. you know, confidence is such a big part of his game. He needs to come back knowing he's fully fit, fully ready to go out there and deliver his hundred percent, not just performance and effort, but results as well. Yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, there's sort of there's two there's two moments. We won't go on too much about Darren Ambrose. Other than I, I would say that I think what he needs more than anything now is people just to keep getting behind him. And I think for the majority, that's not an issue. Um, I think there's, you know, you always get the, the vocal minority, if you like, of the people who, who seem like they're the majority on the message boards. But really, you know, most fans will, all they want is for, for Darren Ambrose to be confident and comfortable playing and, and back in form. But to me, there were, there were two moments, one against Crawley and one against uh, Blackpool, where... Uh, and Crawley, he, he went completely through one-on-one. And we saw Darren Ambrose of old would have just lashed that ball high and in the top corner. Yeah. Uh, but he tried to side-foot it in, and, and the keeper saved it. And there was one, there was a corner in the second half against Blackpool where it just landed at his feet. And 
Darren Ambrose of old would have hit it first time. He just, you know, the ball wouldn't have even landed at his feet, but he, he tried to take a touch and the chance was gone. It's little things like that, and I think John's got it nailed right on the head when he says his confidence. You know, and, and I'm really hoping that that something goes in for him soon, and and you know he starts picking up, because obviously people are, are reading more into it. They're saying, you know, he, he's not doesn't want to be here, and he wants to go to QPR or whoever else was in for him. Norwich, I think it was people were saying, and I think perhaps people are reading far too much into it. Um, but we're now in a situation where they're saying, well, you know, if we get an offer for a million, let's let's flog him. When you think 12 months ago, even after that, you know. Even after a few injuries, people would absolutely go mad at the idea of losing him. So, anyway, there we go. Interesting stuff. So, um, first half display was was again poor, and, and we'll talk about whether that's becoming a theme in <laughs> at the moment. Although this early in the season, uh, the defence did have some issues, uh, similar in, in the way to it played against Peterborough, I think. Uh, but we had a couple of decent spells in that first half, one of which uh, resulted in, in McCarthy with a free header from an Ambrose free kick, no less. Uh, the far post, which was well saved. But really, it, it was all Blackpool, Ben, would you say? Yeah, completely. I think they were good. It was a great game for the neutral as well, actually. There were lots of shots going in, but yeah, I think Blackpool made us look worse in the way that they were playing because, because they were so attacking and we weren't, pretty much. Mm. Uh, John, John, do you think there was a, a lesson for us there in, in the way that we responded in that second half? That just perhaps going on the front foot instead of trying to... You know, if you're playing an attacking team attack them and then you've, then you've you know if they haven't got the ball they can't attack you kind of thing there is there is that argument but there's also the argument and I'm, I'm sort of halfway between the two of you've got to sometimes frustrate a team they would have been frustrated that you know that they hadn't capitalized more than what they had and you've got to play the full 90 minutes you know if you go off on the front foot and you can see the goal early where have you got to go from there and that's the sort of balancing act that Dougie mm. and the team have got to weigh up. So I kind of see being a slightly defensive. I think we're too defensive, but slightly defensive mm. in the first half to try and maybe nick a goal, which will then, you know, make them either have to come forward because, you know, they they need to get a goal back or sit back and then try and, you know, hopefully not concede, but get a goal at the other end, in which case yeah. you quelled some of their attacking threat. And, you know, it's not as clean-cut as going forward, we were this much better, and staying back, we were this much better. There's a whole lot of other issues, personnel issues, that you've got to consider when when looking at that. But, I mean, in Blackpool, you've got to pay them respect. They're a very, very good side on paper, and as we saw on the field, they were a good side as well. Nice. Very fair comments, actually, John. I think a lot of people, certainly people I spoke to when when they left weren't really focusing on the fact that we were poor first half, if you like. We're focusing on the whatever the case was, that was a good point, you know. It, aside from the fact that we could have won it, we could easily have lost it kind of thing. So we we're actually pretty happy leaving the ground. I think I think that's if that's your, your your initial reaction, it doesn't matter how much you analyse the game. If your initial reaction is one of being happy for a point, I think that tells a story and I think I think we did pretty well. I want to talk just a little bit about the, the substitutes in the second half. Uh, um, they, you know, Dougie Friedman himself said they, they changed the game. Um, you know, and he likes having those options on the bench. We'll talk about Glenn Murray for for Ambrose a little bit, little bit later on to end this sort of segment. Um, he brought Zaha on for McGiven. Um, I think about sixty-five minutes, something like that. Uh, and later on, with about twelve minutes to go, Garvin came on for for, for David Wright. Zaha for McGiven for me was that was a signal that you know we're gonna. It, it corrected the issue of having Dean Moxley at right back because he went straight over to left back and. 
looked a lot more comfortable and we suddenly started seeing his long throws as well which are which are a good weapon to have um and that's not to say that mcgiven had a poor game i don't think he did he, he got forward quite well um, i don't think he's know. had a poor game since he's been here chris oh uh, no i would say probably peterborough uh sort of but you know he'd been here for a day or something and it's it's so unfair to judge him but i think um no, i think he's true. been super like i said i said last week i think that i i'm sort of torn between between mcgiven and moxie now i mean i really rated dean moxie last year but mcgiven has been sensational the last few games but um but I think a significant substitution was was Owen Garvin. Uh, if you you know even if you just go back and watch the highlights, it's it's just that that passing and certainly the ball through to Murray uh, for the for the chance to potentially win it. He just he just added something and it's where David Wright gets his criticism um, in that he's not a player who can spray the ball about and put his foot on it. You know he does the job he's asked to do, but he's not really a, a midfielder. And having two people like that, having Jedinak and Wright as a centre midfield pair, uh, w- was quite uh, was quite restrictive in that sense. And even you know, although he was only on twelve minutes, I think Garvin carried on where he left off in previous games. Uh, ben, did you, were you impressed by Garvin? Yeah, definitely. Like you said, Garvin and Wright are completely different players that do the opposite thing. Garvin's a lot more kind of extravagant and. And we'll play that long ball. And when he did come on, you saw that he was a brilliant player. You're looking on the message boards in the last few days, and people's opinions of him have just changed instantly. Last season, towards the end of last season, everybody was slagging him up, and now a couple of games into the new season, and they're all really positive. Like he's our best player. So <laughs> yeah. it shows how fickle some people are. It, it does indeed. You've, yeah, you've literally got Ambrose and Garvin swapping places at the moment. Uh, before yeah. we go, uh, go and talk to John about a couple more bits, I just wanted to uh, mention the fact that the winning ticket number five is yet to be claimed. Do get in touch before the end of the show. The end of the show could be anything from six minutes' time to... <laughs> to Two hours. Half, to, yeah, exactly. Um, I, I'd, I'd say we'll probably be ending within the next 20 to 25 minutes at absolute most. We'll, we'll try and do it quicker. Um, but, yeah, do get in touch um, if you've got lucky ticket to number five. I'm pretty sure we know who it is, but anyway... That person said that they would be listening. Yes, hopefully sooner that, than that, Michael. Yeah, I know. Um, okay, sorry, right, John, uh, last a little bit on the second half, really. Um, uh, close to winning it, basically. So, I mean, is it one of those where you, you look back and think, what if? Or, or you know, as we said earlier, is it a case of settling for that point and being happy with it? Um, well, to be honest, we we could have snatched it and possibly should have. But I think the performance as a whole didn't merit more than a draw and I think if I was a Blackpool fan I'd come down and watch that and Palace had nicked it in the last 10 minutes or so I would have been absolutely gutted and I'd have felt like we'd been absolutely robbed by by Palace so I think I think we got what we deserved having said that from a from a completely Palace perspective absolutely we should, you know we had chances to win that game towards the end and maybe should have and yeah. you know will those sorts of things catch up with later in the season I don't know because I think the I think the feeling was, as you say, pretty positive leaving the ground that we had pulled a goal back, and you know got got a point from coming from behind. Whereas if it was the other way around and we had scored first, they had come back, we'd have left with probably a completely different outlook exactly. on the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. Same result, different outlook, depending on the order of scoring. It is the way football is. Um, I have to say, watching the highlights back, I couldn't quite believe how good the two of the chances that we had were. Well, in fact, three if you count Paddy McCarthy's in the first half. Just absolutely uh, unbelievable chances in some ways, but but that's you know you you get what you deserve, and I think we deserved a draw at, at best, really, with the way we. You played. have to say though that both the keepers were absolutely inspirational on that yeah. day. Given, I mean, Jilks 
particularly impressed me. Some of his point-blank saves from McCarthy headers were Spironi-esque. I mean, they're ones that you just have to sit there and go, you know, this lad's on it today. Fair play to him. Right. And But Paddy will be gutted because, I mean, it's been quite a while since we've seen him get into those positions. I don't think he did at all last season where he's really troubling a keeper from a corner and or a free kick. And to be denied like that will have been a bit gutting for him. But the keepers really covered themselves in glory on Saturday. Yeah, I think that's that's absolutely spot on. Okay, well look, we've got a couple of uh, a couple of things to talk about. We've got obviously um, a couple of emails from people about the Blackpool game. Uh, we've also got Dougie's post-match comments. Um, Dougie said it, it's uh, it's a very good second half. I was bitterly disappointed with how we played in the first half because you know we're a lot better than we showed, which I think is fair and it's what we've been saying really. Obviously, it goes on to give credit to Blackpool and talks about their experience and movement. Um, but you know, obviously, it's all about the spirit in the dressing room combined with the desire. Not to be beaten, and that's what we showed in the second half. Um, then, really, I won't, go in, I won't read it word for word, but he just goes and talks about the um, the fact that there were heart-stopping moments at either end of the pitch, and I think that's what we're talking about. It got it was such a good game in that second half. It was end to end. There were mistakes. There were brilliant pieces of play, and, and as John touched on, there was some fantastic goalkeeping. Uh, and Doug, Dougie says at the end he thought it was the correct results. Could have been four each. Uh, it was that good and entertaining. It just shows you guys, the guys that we won't lie down and be beaten. We can change things around. We can make subs with different ideas. And the main thing it shows is that desire. we have the desire not to be beaten. And that was the turning point for him. And uh turning point for me was was Glenn Murray. Um, I want to start this, really, with, uh, with a clip from our post-match stuff of Aston talking about Glenn Murray. If you can play that, Mikey. M- Murray is, is, is the kind of player that he's got such an intelligent brain. And uh, he'll get that ball, he'll hold it, he knows where it's going, he knows where to place himself in the full box. And, and everyone's talking about his finish for his goal. Yeah. But I think his run matched his goal. Yeah. Quite quite equally because yeah, yeah. To, to, to run across that defender mm. and make that ball in in a nothing situation because before that before that we weren't really attacking Blackpool in any, in, in any way shape or form Blackpool were absolutely all over us in sections yeah. and we were we, we were doing our best to, to carry out but Blackpool were the better side but when that ball came across Murray read the situation and he and, and his run was 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 the telling point yeah. coming across and his finish was absolutely superb and I think. And I, he was so unlucky not to win us that game. Completely, completely unlucky not to win us that game. I have to say that he's, he's a quality signing. Well, I think uh, I think Aston's really, really summed it up brilliantly there. Despite the amount he had actually consumed, um, which is <laughs> phenomenal, really. Um, and, and really, I wanted to talk talk about. I mean, Jock. Sorry, Ben. That was your first chance to see Murray, other than about six minutes or so against yeah. Crawley. Um, and as Aston pointed out, that run for the goal. I mean, what, what were your first impressions? And, and obviously, you know, what was your impression of that? The goal he scored. Yeah, fantastic. I'm hoping that that goal is now a trigger and it will come on and score score 20 goals more in the season. But yeah, mm. like like Aston said, off the ball he does as much as he does on the ball. He's a very technical player. He knows he's a, he's got a big footballing brain. You know, he's got a really good footballing brain, and that will and that will hopefully get us a lot more goals. The finish was incredible. The the tight angle that he had to to slot the ball in and he fit it in there was brilliant. But he definitely should, on a different day, he would have scored a hat trick, and that's for sure. You know, just a couple of, like, I think his quote after the game was that the shot kissed the post, and then that, that mm. summed up perfectly. It was so yeah. close to going in. It was, it was ridiculously tight. I'm going to bring, uh, read out Jerry's emails there, because email there, because he um, he talks about Murray actually. Uh, um, he's called, he's, he suggested that Easter and Scannell found it hard in the first half. Um, without Julie, <laughs> I think he means Darren. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> not Julian Ambrose. Uh, it says, without Ambrose and Jednak not fit or match fit, uh, Garvin done okay. But he says, Murray, um, I don't know what he means by what he said there, but he says he's big and mobile, uh, looks potent threat, and he's got predatory instinct, um, and he's a mate, his introduction is a major plus uh, in, in that game. There's a quality goal coming from behind his marker, uh, fleeting past another to score from the tightest of margins. And he says, Murray's could be worth a mint. Nice one, Jerry. <laughs> the old ones are the best, eh? Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's exactly what it is. It's, it's, it's when you see the positions he got into, I think that's what we should be getting excited about. We talked at the, the Coventry game about the amount we were creating, uh, and a lot, a lot of people got a little, including myself, got a little bit frustrated with, uh, with, uh, with Zaha. Uh, sorry, not with Zaha, with uh, Easter, uh, not getting on the end of a couple of Zaha's crosses. Just, just thinking that you know you need someone in there with that predatory instinct, and I think the signs are that we've got that man. Um, He's brilliant in the air as well, winning every yeah. header. Yeah, uh, John, just you know, just your your thoughts on Murray so far. Well, it's it's hard to tell. He's not he's not played too much. I didn't see him at Peterborough, mm. um, but his finish was a sign of a player who doesn't lack any confidence. And in the striker, as we discussed earlier, is the main thing you need. And he's clearly got some skill. He knows where the back of the net is. He scored, what, 22 goals last season or something? Yeah. I hope if we can keep him fit, then he'll get us a load of goals. I like the fact that he isn't just a target man. Like, we've tried to play one big, one small for, like, the last few years for players like, as much as I loved him, Alan Lee, Scowcroft, <laughs> Coochie, you know, who were just big, lumbering, like, sides of meat basically just to, <laughs> yeah. to hit the ball at so it tries to knock off onto onto a smaller more technical player i think yeah. he he's not a massive bloke if you look at him but he's got the ability and the strength required to win something in the air but doesn't lack the pace needed to make the runs like he did for his goal i think it's, it's a fair point i think there was a talk of him being called the lower league berbatov at one stage i think that's perhaps a little little bit insane but you can see where they were going with that you know in that he's got a very good touch uh he's got you know he's there's some vision there but like like we we're saying he does he does the whole target man thing and, and more and it's i think dougie himself said when he signed him he, he sort of signed him as a target man and was was almost shocked when he saw just how good he was in training um not match fit not uh you know no, no need to get completely carried away right now, but certainly the signs are that, that having someone of his size as, as a goal scorer, and I think Mark actually brought this up, I don't know if it was even on the recording, I'd stop listening, but um, <laughs> he brought up that, uh, that he, you know, against Peterborough he was lucky not to be sent off, in other words, he, he's, he's very up to the physical aspect of the game as well, which was something that, uh, that our friends on the South Coast would led us to have believed wasn't the strength of, of Murray's. You know, they told us he was slow and that he didn't work hard. And the player I've seen wasn't slow and and worked very very hard. So, you know, maybe it's the team he's in, eh? Um, <clears throat> okay, uh, just the last email on the subject from Dale. He says, "Hi, sh- hi guys, great show again." Ah, oh, you shouldn't. Oh. Uh, a few thoughts on the Blackpool game. Happy result. Nothing better than coming from behind. Hmm. Heard that before. Uh, <laughs> I was also impressed with both Garvin and Murray. The latter provided uh, uh, a bit of physical presence up front, which I was just talking about. Oh, it's almost like I planned this. Uh, and certainly it looked like you're going hard if needed. <laughs> all in all, it was a great advert for the championship. Sunned up when Jednak and their right back steamed into a 50-50 challenge. Both got up and played on. That's what English football was all about. I'm not going to read that last bit. 
<laughs> no, you really should. Read it. Go on. Okay, it says, that's what English football is all about. Two men coming together in the heat of the moment and no rolling around. <sighs> There's some other fantastic comments along those lines coming up now in the, as we wrap up the last of the emails. Just a quick reminder that no one has claimed number five as yet, and if it doesn't happen before we're off air, rolled over till next week, so make sure you keep your numbered uh, cards and we'll be giving more out, and uh, you'll probably be able to email us during the show next week to claim uh, another entry or something along those lines, I expect. We'll have a think about it. But anyway, no one's claimed it uh, with ticket number five, so those tickets will roll over till next week, unless that changes shortly. Uh, last of the emails. Ben, do you want to read the, the email out about your picture? Can you see at the end? Um, no, I don't want to read it, actually. I oh, think it's look, completely oh. inappropriate for the radio. It suggests that in your picture you have a, a fine pair of man boobs. I, uh, I disagree, actually, on that. I think it's just taken at a bad angle. Yeah. Okay. Fair note. Fair news. I wouldn't say you're a you're a chunky lad by any stretch of the imagination. Hey, well, I've put on a bit of weight though. I need to lose that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You do. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> um, John, did you want to read the the last email there about the crystals? Yeah. It says. Uh, it's about the crystals calendar. So. Yeah. Thanks for boiling that, Chris. Um, good interview with the squeeze. Great old time word there from the uh, from the crystals. Can you tell the listeners the crystals have released a calendar? I recently splashed out on one, yeah, and can confirm that it's very good. Uh, uh, I hope you wash your hands after doing I, that, whoever I, you are. I do love our emails. Every week I get worse and worse and worse. Um, <laughs> Okay, guys, that's um, that is it. That's our lot for this week. Uh, next week we've got a, a live interview with Wes Fodderingham, um, and uh, and some some previews of what what we got coming up. Leeds and Wigan, I believe it is. I haven't written it down, but I'm pretty sure that's what we'll be previewing. I uh, hope you enjoyed this week, and those of you listening on the podcast, listen live next week, please. Uh, that sounded too desperate. If you want to listen live next week, yeah, yeah, do. You're more than welcome. Yeah, you're more than welcome. You can interact with us. It's brilliant. We're, yeah, mm, like people did today, although hopefully less filthy than people did today. Uh, I would thank you to everyone that's listened. Thanks to to Mikey for producing, and thank you to Ben and John for uh, co-presenting with me. And uh, we'll speak to you again next week. Cheers. Bye. bye. Palace have had two further call-ups to international squads this week. Douglas Wright has been called up to the Scotland Youth Squad and... It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double-dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.